Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Cavalry Audio. I'm Clint Emerson, and welcome to Season 2 of Can You Survive This Podcast, where the interview is just as dangerous as the scenarios I put my guests through. From hostage situations to natural disasters, carjackings, active shooters, and more, if you're looking for the skills necessary to survive these situations, then this is the show for you. Hey, thanks for coming back to the show. I always appreciate it. And if you could go over to all our platforms, give us five stars, make some funny comments, because one day I will review those, I promise. Maybe even dedicate a whole show to a year worth of your stupid comments. But as long as it's accompanied by five stars, that'd be cool. And it's always appreciated. It keeps us relevant in the podcast world. Today, I've got entrepreneur and co-host of Uninfluenced Podcast with Mike Ritland, the only average man to make it big in the midget porn industry and danger, a very big danger to Dallas Tollways. Mr. Matt motherfucking Holden is on the show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you. You're here. You're the second guest that I've got in my new little, uh, I don't know what to call this. I can't decide. Is it a garage? Is it a studio? Is it a shop? What would you go with since you're a veteran podcaster? I don't know. It's kind of, it's like a perfect man cave, but you can do whatever you want in here. You can record porn. You can get on motorcycles. <laughs> I mean, it's perfect. Yeah, it is uh, it is fun. It's cozy. I've got candles. I've got skulls. So we can I was have... just thinking, I dated a chick named Warm Leather Amber. She was a stripper. <laughs> <laughs> is that the name of this fragrance? Yeah, Warm Leather and warm Amber. Leather. All I know is candles and skulls. It goes yeah. with the whole kind of seance thing I, I enjoy doing from time to time. Yeah. Just trying to talk to my dead mom and dad. It's, you know, it's it's what we do. You got to keep in touch. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's, uh, as usual, we get into the rapid fire so we get to know you. I've got a special one set up for you. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Here we go. Um, Boy or girl? That I'm having or that I like the most? It's your choice. How do you want to answer that? Oh, Boy man, I'm going to go girl. Girl, because you are expecting. Right? Yes. So do you know what you're having? Uh, we're supposed to be having a boy, but these days, you know, they get to decide. So, <laughs> What pronouns will your child have? Yeah, all of them. It's just going to be called all of them. <laughs> Refer to me as all of them. Um, now, you say girl. I agree. I have a girl. Mm -hmm. And I, I, the one thing I've always told any fella 
any future dad is that the beauty of having a girl is you can teach them everything that you would teach a boy and they won't get made fun of. Whereas if you go the other way, mm -hmm. you, you teach a boy everything that you would teach a girl, it might not work out so well for that boy. Yeah. I have a daughter too. And I have a, a neighbor who came up and he told me one day, he said, you know, my buddy said he has all boys. He's only got to worry about those three dicks. He said, and you got three <laughs> girls, so you got to worry about all the dicks. Millions of dicks. I said, man, get the fuck out of my yard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's no joke. I've got one daughter and yeah, I've got lots of worries. Trust yeah. me. Um, okay. Straightaways or curves and turns? I'm going to go curves and turns. Yeah. Why is that? It's more... For drivers or riders, I mean, it's it's more engaging. Of uh, anybody can drive on a straightaway, yeah. damn near anybody. I mean, if, unless you drive a Mustang. Um, but <laughs> straightaways aren't as fun. They're exhilarating for a little bit, but getting in a turn and engaging a turn with a good car, I mean, even a good bike, it's just exciting. Yeah, it gets the blood pumping. It's a high. I would say it's a high you can get naturally that you can't get anywhere else. Yeah, I agree. I think, too, it's it's where you have to really think, mm -hmm. right? Because there's more than just going into a turn, right? You have to think about braking at the mm -hmm. right time, right place, get into the turn without braking, mm -hmm. right? Because that's the rules of the road, right? Don't yeah. brake in a turn mm -hmm. and then come out of that turn accelerating. So I think it's like, it's like playing chess almost, whereas a straightaway is playing checkers. Yeah, and the beauty about guys like us, I mean, we, we ride bikes and drive cars and riding bikes, you're looking ahead. Oh, yeah. So when you get used to that, you get in your car and you start driving the same way. You're looking ahead. So you're planning two moves before you ever make these moves. And it, it's just way more fun. Yeah, than straight. That is true, yeah. man. Especially if there's some traffic on the road. Oh, yeah. 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 And that's where the danger, the danger to Dallas tollways is. Uh, yeah. Matt, Mike, and then myself, when I have that rare chance to hang out with them driving at fucking crazy speeds. Yeah. 65. 65 yes <laughs> of course <laughs> now you and mike just recently got pulled over together mm -hmm. that was, mike sent me a picture and it's you up in front of him it's a state trooper in the center and then him right so yeah. somehow he managed to get both you guys to pull over how was how'd that work out well for once <laughs> we're doing close to the speed limit which we rarely do and uh the cop he gets between us and i was going to take the hit because mike's always getting pulled over so i was going to take the hit <laughs> and uh the guy ends up getting me slid over and he starts pointing at Mike, get over, get over, get over. Dude was a total prick. But, uh, I mean, yeah, we were going 21 over or whatever. And after he wrote the ticket, he does the usual, do you know why you were going 91? I said, I didn't know I was going 91. I would have went way faster. <laughs> <laughs> ticket was wrote, so there wasn't shit he could do. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, now with the driving fast and, uh, you know, especially on highways and speed limits. And, uh, I always said, if I ran for governor or if I did any kind of, the first thing I do is get rid of school zones and get rid of speed limits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I feel like kids are kind of coddled and babied to a certain degree these days. And let's face it. Uh, have you ever been hit at 20 miles an hour? Mm -mm. No. Would you want to be? No, no. I mean, 20, 20 miles an hour, 40 miles an hour school zone. Either way, it sucks. Right. I'd just I mean, rather you finish me. You yeah, know, like it. street fighter. Finish him. <laughs> I feel like tw 20 miles an hour cripples you, puts you in the hospital and you live a miserable fucking life. Yeah. 40, 50, 60 in a school zone. Well, hell, you just get it over with. Yeah. Right? End it all. <laughs> I know, that's horrible. But um, speed limits. 
uh, I, yeah, I, I, it drives me nuts. One of the fastest corridors in the nation is actually I-10, which or starts out as I-8, internet, you know, Interstate 8. Then it turns into the 10 when you hit Texas, mm-hmm. and it's like 85 miles an hour. I think it's the fastest in the country. Yeah. There may be some others now, but um, – and you can really – I mean – the beauty of it is we all go, what's the golden rule? Go five, 10 miles over and you yeah. probably get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they claim. Yeah. And then when you talk about the cops that pull you over, state troopers are the ones, you know, kind of running those paths. And, and probably uh, in one of my more recent experiences, I was, it was me and my daughter and she was like, yeah, dad, go, go let's get on the highway and let's just, you know, let's just drop the hammer. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right. So North on, 75 you know it's kind of gets a little more rural you can get away with a little bit more yeah so drop the hammer haul ass you know break 160 at that point i'm like okay we'll make a u-turn and head back home because we just need to get home it was a school night come on yeah so on the way make the u-turn get back on the highway and i see headlights it's at night i see headlights in my rearview mirror and they're hauling ass on me yeah and up ahead is is an 18-wheeler. And so I'm like, oh, all right, we'll let this car get a little close, and then I'll we'll drop the hammer and see who wins, right? Whatever. The, there is no finish line on a highway, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And so I break right, okay, 18-wheeler center lane. I break light, right into the slow lane. This other car breaks left into the fast lane. We both are now paralleling each other on opposite sides of an 18-wheeler, and then I come out on the front of the 18-wheeler ahead, and then this car drops in behind me immediately and turns on his lights. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, here it is. It's a it's a state trooper hauling ass. And then, uh, of course, I start racing a straight state trooper, not knowing I was racing a state trooper. And uh, he pulls us over. And comes the passenger window, and I'm like... I don't even bother arguing or kind of coming up with excuse. I'm like, man, I thought you were wanting to race. Yeah. He gets a smile on his face. He's like, you know, driver's license, registration, and give him my stuff. He goes back to his car. He comes back, and he's like, you know, I know I was going fast. You were going fast, and because you beat me, I'm going to let you off. And it was the only time, the state trooper. I mean, those guys are usually pretty yeah, strict, usually- which is who you pulled you guys over. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. 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 It, it was my time. I've I've got <laughs> two that let me go. Once I was in the Ferrari, close to a, a dealership, and he said, "Why were you going so fast?" I said, "Man, I got to piss." <laughs> he said, "Where are you going?" I said, "I was going to Ferrari." Okay, man. Here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna go up two X's, take a right, second light, take a right. It's right there. Hurry up, man. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Next time I'm with my wife, and she wants me to get a ticket. That's her goals to get a ticket yeah i cut a state trooper off because another car so i cut him off and i just hauled ass and i was in her car he pulls me over what the hell were you thinking cutting me off i said man look it was either that or i rear in the car that cut me off he was like okay good call good call let me have your stuff he went and ran it and he's like oh you're good hey did you hear about that state trooper that uh tackled that guy the other day i said no <laughs> i'm thinking oh shit i'm gonna get tackled here here's a youtube video and he starts showing me and it's him tackle somebody and he's like man get the hell out of here that was some good driving <laughs> like thank god my wife's like fuck you <laughs> wow yeah that's rare yeah the state troopers yeah. around here for those of you who don't know state texas state troopers are probably the most disciplined of law enforcement in the state of texas oh, yeah. they go through like really it's equivalent to marine boot camp that's why they're all like these dudes are 
they're all six foot or mm-hmm. bigger and they're usually built like fucking freight trains i mean yeah, they you are, don't see fat state troopers no here. you don't fuck with them either um and they're wearing the traditional cowboy hat and uh, they don't fuck around and and for those of you that are like law enforcement enthusiasts you have to be a state trooper for for i think god i think it's like at least 10 years or so before then you can try out to be a texas state ranger mm-hmm. or a texas ranger mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of the elite uh, investigators here in texas and they've been around since the late 1800s give oh, or yeah. take i think they're one of the lo- the oldest law enforcement agencies I don't think in the they country. have any uh borders either still i'd have to check into that but last i read they're they could pretty much do whatever the hell they, they want they can get pulled in yeah to, yeah, yeah they're it's a pretty cool uh i mean there was a part of me that was like man when i get out of the seal teams i want to be a texas ranger yeah it was like next on the list that would be cool yeah uh but of course by the time i retired i didn't meet the age requirements and i didn't want to radar cars for a living for 10 years straight before i could try out <laughs> yeah that was, uh, yeah all right next uh gas or electric gas gas yeah. all day you, you say that was confidence is that just because even though they're you know you have these teslas now that are just crushing everything on the road mm-hmm. what, what's your reason for sticking with gas well, if you go on the car side so car side i want to be able to hear it and enjoy it yeah and driving a golf cart that's what a tesla is let's face it it has three motors but it's just like driving a golf cart at the yeah. the golf course they're fast they're mm-hmm. cool but the interior sucks all that i haven't been in one that's great i would say hybrid's okay but gas you get emotion you know you still get that startup that feel the engine roaring yeah you know, that's when a good you point. get going and you feel it same with motorcycles you know they're trying to come out with electric the way me and you drive a ride or whatever, would you want to be on a silent motorcycle going down the highway with these idiots texting? Oh, hell no. Hell no. First thing I do on every motorcycle is make it louder so people can hear me coming, you know? Yeah. And uh, it, hell no. Electric. Electric's going to be cool till they start recycling these batteries and we see black smoke going up in every city where there's lithium poisoning going around everywhere. Oh, yeah. And, and not to mention, where do you put these things when you're done? Like landfills? That's not going to work. Oh, yeah. You know, it's uh, that's a lot of uh, caustic parts and pieces that now everyone's got to start trying to figure out how to get rid of. And you can't just dump it in the ocean, <clears throat> even though that's probably what they'll do at first. Oh, yeah. Math- <laughs> Mathematics says it takes five years to catch up what the carbon footprint is to build a Tesla. It takes five years in a gas engine to get to where it took just to get that to you from the plant. Not counting charging it oh, for wow. five years. So. Think about it. You're already five years behind on the carbon footprint. And then these guys driving gas who most people don't even keep a gas car that long and the emissions are getting better and better. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a new gimmick. It's the new war on drugs. (laughs) (laughs) It is interesting. And, you know, recently, and I posted about it, you know, and in, in keeping in line with the world of survival, you had I-95 a couple of weeks ago get up there in Virginia, get locked up because of thunder snow. You know, mm-hmm. basically everyone got trapped in a blizzard, stuck on that highway for 24 hours or more. Um, and then there was debate, you know, if I were in a gas vehicle versus an electric, you know, sitting on a highway and freezing temperatures, you know, which which one would you pick? Oh, the gas all yeah, day long. I, I agree. And the biggest thing is like with f- whether you're on empty with your batteries or you're on empty with fuel, you're you're still sitting in a in a vehicle stuck on a highway. Mm-hmm. 
that's not where the debate is for me. The debate is what happens when a battery gets super fucking cold versus fuel getting super fucking cold. Mm -hmm. The battery loses a dramatic. We're 25, 30. I've seen a 50% drop in my Teslas just when it's cold weather. Yeah. You know, like one day it says it's got 200 miles left. And then as soon as it gets cold, it's got 100 miles left. Mm -hmm. So that is the biggest issue. I mean, when it comes to the elements, those batteries... You know, they don't necessarily uh, help as much as you think. But if you got fuel that doesn't freeze, fuel mm-hmm. doesn't freeze, yeah. then, you know, you know, you're at least going to be able to run it for 10 minutes. The golden rule, if you're ever in those scenarios, is run your motor for 10 minutes every hour, you know, get that heat going, warm yourself up, turn it off. Yeah. And you'll be able to survive for a really long time. Uh, even on a quarter tank of gas, half tank of gas, because I always recommend, you know, keeping quarter is you're empty. Half is ideal, mm-hmm. but full all the time is the goal because you never know what's going to happen. And like I've said a thousand times before, what used to be the wrong place, the wrong time is now any place at any time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, build it or buy it. Because you're a guy that does a lot with his hands. I, I like to build. Uh, I'm going to say build it. Yeah, and is that because it saves dollars? It doesn't necessarily save time. But what do you? Why? Why? Why do you go that? It's not the the money factor for me. It's the accomplishment. You know, getting in there, getting your hands dirty, or knowing how something works. I've been like that forever. You know, it, it, taking something apart, doing it yourself. It's accomplishment. I did that. You know, versus yeah, I paid that dude. Joe's a good guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can afford it. My wife wants me to pay people because the older I get, you know, the other day I was working on Mike's car and I ripped the ligament from my, or the tendon from my elbow. And uh, Mike was like, oh yeah, I heard it. Bitch, you didn't say nothing, you know? And I didn't feel it because I snapped something else and messed some stuff up. But I don't, I don't take anything away and be like, oh man, I hurt myself. Yeah. No. Uh, you know, you go to a car meet, it's not like, hey, I tore my elbow up on that. It's no, I. I put that together, you know, I did that. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, I would say that's bravery as well, because what Matt's referring to, you're breaking down and taking apart brand new McLaren 720S Mm -hmm. or Mike, which car were you working on for The Porsche, which I mean, still a quarter million dollar car. Yeah. And I'm tearing it apart like it's a Volkswagen, you know, (laughs) which it essentially is. But uh, to me, and I heard a mechanic a long time ago when we used to build a bunch of SEMA stuff. And he, I said, man, how do you do that? There's some cars I'm just like, nah, I ain't going to touch it. He said, nah, it ain't my shit. <laughs> yeah. Huh, I like that. Yeah, that's an inch. Yeah, of course. When it's someone else's, it's like drive it like a rental. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I always try to do it right. Yeah, no kidding. Or pocket uh, pocket the extra bolts when I can't look. Yeah, it's like putting furniture together from IKEA, right? Yeah. What, what are these extra ten screws for? Yeah, yeah. Suggestions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, who cares? But yeah, build it. I, I agree. Getting that satisfaction, gratification, and the fact that you did it, someone didn't do it. I, I think that's great, and I think mm-hmm. more people should be brave enough to get their hands dirty, get in there, and. And just figure it out. I mean, and do you leverage YouTube videos or how do you kind of figure this stuff out? If it gets real crazy, yeah. I mean, with today's technology, you can figure anything out with YouTube, Google, you know, you yeah. Google how to, and then you type in whatever you're working on. And chances are someone's broke it, done it, and can show you an easy way to get to it. Yeah. Or you can find shortcuts, which that's what I did with my McLaren recently. But yeah, yeah. 
but it, that's what it's about with today's technology i don't get people who don't use it you know they want to i can't do that or ah let me call somebody see if they did it hell no i want to look smart i'm going to see if i can figure it out before <laughs> i make those phone calls you know yeah yeah i don't know man if it comes to ferraris and mclarens and the, the cars you guys have it's like fuck i'm the guy that's going to take it somewhere um okay you stare at it or eat it eat it that's right okay so you know one of my favorite movies is american psycho and it's sabrina don't just stare at it mm. eat it right yeah. um but i i feel like you know whether it's food <laughs> yeah uh the different toys that are out there there's a lot wrapped up in that quote wouldn't you agree yeah. i mean try to stare at it in between your wife's legs you know <laughs> just, just sit there and look for five minutes don't touch just look let me know how that works out for you tell me in the, yeah. tell us in the reviews it certainly it certainly determines uh what side of the fence you fall on oh 100 percent. Yeah. yeah um okay mom or dad mm, that's tough dad dad why i feel i learned a lot while growing up in a strict home I learned a lot about what it took to be an adult. So I look back on it now yeah. and I have more respect for my dad than I do my mom. Huh. Cause he kind of basically cracked the whip kind of thing. Oh yeah. yeah. Like bad. I mean, like type beat the hell out of his stuff, but like Texas dad beatings or like, know, like you're going to jail. Beatings. Old school Vietnam military dad, you know? Oh yeah. Hey, uh, clean that floor with what? There's a toothbrush right there. That's mine. That's okay. Yeah. Clean that floor. Just clean it off when you're done. Yeah. So, yeah, stuff like that. You know, growing up, I had a, I have a couple scars from not cleaning behind my ears, you know, when we were growing up. Clean behind your ears, you know. And so I got a bristle brush. Oh, damn. Rubbed down one day. Yeah. So yeah, that'll, that'll take the DNA off. But looking at what he went through and anybody in the military, I give mad respect for ex-military in there now, but what they've gone through coming back transitioning to being a parent is hard some people mm -hmm. are good at it some people are trying to get that happy medium but as an adult i learned discipline that most parents don't do nowadays you know they're like oh it's okay teddy burnt down the house it'll be fine we'll get another <laughs> you know yeah. versus i caught my dad on fire and he didn't find that funny at all so he beat the shit out of me <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah but I, I i i hear you my dad was the, kind of the same he uh he, uh, you, you could push the limits, but you knew where the line was and you mm -hmm. knew what the reaction was. My dad had his old fraternity paddle. Now, I don't know if they still do that in fraternities because it probably falls under hazing. Yeah. But that paddle was, you know, it was basically just a flat baseball bat with his, uh, fraternity, you know, letters, uh, what was it burned into it or whatever mm -hmm. they did, you know, with a, uh with like a cord wrapped handle on it yeah and, for comfort oh yeah, yeah yeah and uh i i know that there was times when i was going in and putting on every set of underwear i had in my drawer and then put my pants back on knowing that that paddle was coming and it didn't change anything you no, know you could wear hurts. 12 pairs of underwear and it still hurt yeah you just packed that paddle a little bit better for him <laughs> i think yeah. everybody our age has done that yeah when your dad i'm gonna be home in 20 minutes i'm gonna beat the hell out of you when your mom <laughs> yeah. your dad's fixing to be here oh hell no he ain't and you're throwing yeah. everything on socks in your back pocket you know anything you can do it don't help that's right. Or That's when right. you think you're smart and go get a switch. I'm going to get this little one. 
No, you just got a whip. You didn't get a switch. <laughs> That's right. In these days, man, if any parent were to try and really use some old school disciplinary actions, hell, they'd go to jail mm-hmm. or they'd, you know, something. There's always a consequence for parenting now, which has kind of resulted in zero parenting. I we, We've talked about this a lot on our show. Uh, I think it it's sad to say, but it's our generation started that because we were punished so bad. And I'm not saying everybody in our yeah, generation, yeah. but we were punished so bad by our parents that were punished so bad that we started easing off. Oh, don't spank them. It wasn't that bad. You know, right, right. take something from them. Well, nowadays you take something from them and they have other ways of doing whatever you took from them. You know, yeah. Take yeah. their phone. Okay. They're watching TV and they're on YouTube and Instagram from the TV. You know, you little shit. Right. They you know, know, they know the technology better than we do. Yeah. I used to, I used to let my daughter keep her phone. Mm-hmm. But take everything else from her. Because I wanted her to see her friends having fun while she was grounded. That's a good idea. You know? Yeah. yeah. Hey, look. there. Did you see what she's doing? Dad, why you follow her? Because she's having fun. This is a cool kid. I wish she was mine. That's you right. Know? And then <laughs> yeah. They learn from that. But they do. I wish we could go back to spanking them a little bit. That's right. Without it being called child abuse. Yeah. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. It's called correcting. That's right. It's uh, remediation. Yeah. Remediation. You're listening to Can You Survive This Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Please make sure to subscribe, rate, and share on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite shows. Now, tough one here. Well, maybe this ain't going to be so tough. Uh, Wife or mom? Wife. Wife. Side with the wife because if the wife's happy, it's a good life or whatever the saying is. Mm my current wife is uh current yeah i have an ex too <laughs> my current wife's a pusher uh she sits there and if i have some ideas which you know as an entrepreneur we have crazy ass thoughts uh things ideas you know and you tell some people and they're like that's horrible you know yeah. versus my wife now she weighs the pros and cons with me and like oh that's a good idea you know, there's several times that I'm been like, oh, I'm going to sell the McLaren. You know, I'm spending a lot of money and I just drive it on the weekends or when it's hot out. No, don't do that. You'll be unhappy. And what wife tells their husband, That's hey, right. hey, keep your $300,000 car. That's cool. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I'm going to keep this one. You know, Yeah, that's a keeper. Now, I did break her and get her pregnant. So she might go to the crazy side. We'll see soon. Yeah. We'll yeah. see how much she's yeah. pushing you to break speed limits once she has a little baby. Yeah. Yeah. Six six months from now, it might be mom. Mom, 100%. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, American or foreign? American. American. Yeah. I mean, you pulled up today. In your beater beater car, it's a brand new uh, Cobra Mustang. Yeah, Shelby GT five hundred. GT five. Is that like the top of the line Mustang? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you, that's your beater car. Yeah, that's my beater. <laughs> so, my but you you've had your fair share of foreign. So I'm surprised yeah. you're actually saying American. If we're talking best build quality, I would say even for a daily driver, bang for the buck, the Germans and italians they're so much better than the americans when it comes to build but if you want power and dollar get a little bit more out of your dollar for under six figures you can't beat some of this american stuff we have i mean we kind of put pen to the paper when you were looking yeah yeah what's the best and i mean it was no questions asked this right away right um I got this car because I wanted to see the hype. You know, everybody's, oh, you know, the GT500 will outrun a Ferrari. No, it won't. Yeah. Uh, 
but it's fun right you know we found so far american cars one that can keep up with the ferrari max ferrari yeah and uh which is a ferrari pista which is they're pretty much top of the line right now and you have it yeah you know would i think that cobra outside could no no i'm if we went to a track and yeah. tracked uh, i think we'd have some fun with that but everyday driving Amer americans are they're coming up they're just yeah. not there yeah well the biggest difference because i've had both you know european cars and all kinds of stuff over the years and uh I've always been addicted to speed, so I've gone through all your Asian bikes, sport bikes, mm -hmm. and then German bikes, you name it, um, to here we're sitting, you know, I've got this 1000R BMW sitting next to an Indian, you know, so I love to cruise and I love the speed, especially getting into turns and all the crazy stuff, but the one thing I've noticed now is with the American side is when it comes to like the technology, the software, that integration with your phone to the vehicle you know the only the only car i had that really was like driving an iphone because i like the tech side of it mm -hmm. was is tesla it yeah. is like driving an iphone i mean it is so fucking advanced compared to anybody when it comes to the integration of phone and music and entertainment and then of course it drives by itself and the sensor technology the autopilot um i mean everything that elon put into those cars it's the only american car that i can say that for but everywhere yeah. else the chevys the fords that have been around for everywhere for mm -hmm. forever and don't have an excuse no they do not have an excuse to be this far behind so for example you know yeah i talked to i talked to um mike and you about hey what's the biggest bang for the buck and american cars that can not only just perform in the straightaways but also in the turns and has almost those capabilities of a European supercar, but you don't pay that price. Mm -hmm. And you guys laid it down, a 2019 Corvette ZR1. Now that ZR1 that I have, there's only 1,500 or 2,000 of them that were made. And it is, you know, bad to the bone. I love it. It's also scary. Yeah. And you, that's what you makes know. it fun. Yeah. You know, because the power into those rear tires is much different than the power from like, mike's ferrari into his rear tires mm -hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. just it, it, the, the corvette wants to just fucking just rip the whole car apart it I mean, wants to kill you yeah it the wants american to. cars want to kill you <laughs> yeah. whereas the europeans are like shit we got to save them they're gonna buy another you know the, yeah the fords and chevys are like ah oh, fuck them we got more people coming <laughs> yeah traction right no it's insane yeah that traction and tire piece you know i've one thing hanging out with you guys i realize how important it is um okay Shifting gears. Mm -hmm. Going to be talking about you. Okay, we're going to try oh, and get no. you to try and get you to blush. Um, so first, I want to start out. You know, we were kind of talking about this before the show. Uh, more than more than thirty percent of the billionaires that we've all heard of do not have college degrees. And let's just take a look at some of these. You have Bill Gates, Microsoft, mm -hmm. right? No degree. Mark Zuckerberg, we all know his story. He had a movie about it. He is Facebook, no degree. He was a dropout. Uh, Michael Dell of Dell Computers, dropout. Steve Jobs of Apple, dropout. Richard Branson, right? He's mm -hmm. Virgin Atlantic, Virgin. Virgin everything, right? Airplanes and what else is he? He's into everything. Everything yeah. has Virgin in front of it. He That's all it. I know. Mm -hmm. uh, no degree. Rachel Ray. We know her popular, I think she's like a chef, mm -hmm. TV person, but uh, yeah, no degree. Ralph Lauren, 
Yeah. Right? Uh, we all know him from the the polos I used to wear in the 80s and 90s. I don't wear polo with shirts. The pop collar. <laughs> with the pop collar, yeah. Um, Steve Madden. Uh, Steve Madden, I think that's Steve Madden show, uh, shoes. Mm-hmm. But I but I like that the part in, uh, what was the movie? Um, I know what movie you're talking about. I can, I can see the, yeah. the part right Steve now. Steve Madden. Yeah. Well, we're the Quaaludes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street. God yeah. damn. What a Sell fuck. me this pen. <laughs> that damn movie. Mm-hmm. I fucking laugh every single time I watch it. I love it. It's right there with American Psycho, by yeah. the way. Good movie. Um, and Elon Musk has even quoted, you know, he did finally graduate with a couple of degrees, but he's made it very clear in different tweets, and this is paraphrasing, you don't need college to learn stuff um and also paraphrasing uh where he said i did not go to harvard but the people that work for me did Mm -hmm. which i love i mean i love so um myself you know i started when you know university of houston one of the crappiest schools in the state of texas while my dad was teaching at texas a&m which is one of the best schools in in the state um and then i had about a semester left and i was like fuck it i gotta get out of here Scratched the itch, joined the Navy, did the SEAL thing. And then while I was in, I finished my degree through American Military University. But I've also learned, and I tell my daughter this all the time, what you put in is what you get out, Mm -hmm. no matter what it is. And so now I know you live in a very affluent town, Rockwall. Back when I was a kid, my grandparents lived out there, and it was nothing but Lake Ray Hubbard, Mm -hmm. uh, very little infrastructure, and a whole lot of country. Yeah. Farms. Now, Rockwell and Royce City are now like home of some of the most wealthiest people in the Dallas Metroplex. Mm-hmm. You live there. Mm-hmm. We already know you're driving, you know, supercars. Yeah. Uh, and you are a guy that didn't get a degree, but you're very successful. So let's dig in. So where did you start? You're a very hands on guy. I know that. And we've talked about college degree versus trade. Mm-hmm. And even Elon Musk supports it. Like, yeah, college is for fun. Yeah. But get a trade. Yeah. So let's dive in. Where'd you start? I started when I was younger. Uh, I was 15 years old and I'd done the normal 15 year old job. I worked at a place around here called Celebration Station, you know, where putt putt style, go karts, all oh, that yeah, shit. Yeah. You know, the fun job. Yeah. Then I had the red lobster where I was in the back cleaning kitchens and shit like that. <laughs> the <laughs> job you never, ever want to fucking have again. That's uh, right. So I had that. And then, uh, my mom's house had burnt down and my ex-wife's uncle uh we weren't married of course but her uncle calls me up and hey you ever thought about being a plumber hmm. no yeah oh, man that sounds pretty shitty <laughs> <laughs> plumber shit yeah. yeah so he's like no no it's not what you think it's not this super mario bullshit you know it's not all my ass cracks out and all that and i was like yeah <laughs> what's it pay you know and he said oh it pays six bucks an hour you know, at the that, time, at the time, yeah, I was like, shit, that's a raise. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. So we worked 70 hours a week, no days off, did all the new houses out in Highland Park, University Park, you know, Plano, Frisco back before Plano and Frisco, all the Starwood houses, stuff like that. I was like, man, this is, this is nice. And I watched this guy go from his garage, eighth grade dropout to this guy has one of the most successful plumbing companies in DFW, learned a ton from him. Yeah. And uh, I ended up like every kid, you know, ah, this job sucks. So I went and became an electrician. This job really sucks. So I went back to plumbing (laughs) and uh, I got a night job after my first kid doing pizzas and stuff. And I became a general manager because of the way I talk shit. Uh, 
I walk in, don't know the area supervisor's in, talking shit to the cook line. Guy comes out, hey man, you want to go to Disney World? Who the fuck are you? Uh huh. I'm the area supervisor for Papa John's. Oh my bad, bro. And uh, (laughs) he's like, you want to be a GM? So I did that for two years to learn what it takes to manage money, manage employees, you know, and all this stuff. While Papa John's paid me, and people are like, oh man, he was a pizza manager. Yeah, well, it pays, you know, $100,000 a year, and I was 19, so, yeah. Yeah, um, holy shit. Yeah, and I quit that job over a goatee. Like, shave, no, fuck you. No, I left. <laughs> <laughs> that's the 19-year-old. Yeah, that's the the young in me. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so <clears throat> great, uh, great experience learning that. So I started my own plumbing company. I took what I learned at an older age and started my own plumbing company. I surround myself with people who want to work hard and grow, and you go through shitty people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just have to know you're going to go through shitty people. And the beauty is, is I love when people, same thought I had as a 15-year-old. Hey, man, what do you do? I'm a plumber. Oh, man, that's horrible. Yeah. Where's your car? It's that one. No, nah, man, for real. Right. Your wife must have a good job. Yeah, she does. She works for me. Yeah, I know exactly <laughs> what she makes. Um, and But... If you put in the work, like you said, hard work pays off. Now, my daughter wanted to be a nurse. Mm -hmm. So I would say if you want to be a nurse, a doctor, a lawyer, yeah, you better be good in school. Mm -hmm. Because I don't want somebody talking about, oh, man, I got a University of Phoenix degree. What you need? Brain surgery? I got you. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. No, I want somebody with a good degree. But you don't have to have it. In the 80s, we grew up college, college, college. Right. College, college, college. Trade school sucks. You don't need trade schools. Well, who builds these houses? Who builds these buildings? Now, who's, if you go to these meets we go to, I would say 40, 50% are construction workers driving Lamborghinis, Rolls Royce, you know, Ferraris, all the nice cars. Hey, man, what do you do? I'm a roofer. Yeah. Damn. Oh, the roofing industry. What a goddamn bunch of snakes, but they make a lot of money. Yeah. You know, and it's hardworking Americans that are putting in the time. You know, they don't, I want what you have. But I don't want to work for it. Right. But I want what you have. I want to do a Taco Bell job, but Uh I I want $18 an hour. No, it's a learning job to learn what it's like to work. You should make minimum wage because this is a minimum job. There is some hard work in there, Mm -hmm. but this shouldn't be your career path, you know, but there are people that choose that. And for them, they may never own a McLaren. They may never. And that's great. Mm-hmm. but don't want a McLaren, but don't want to put the work in. Don't want a Ferrari and not want to do the work. Don't say, I want that 3,000 square foot house, but you only want to make $15 an hour. That's not how this works. You want to live in a nice area. You want your kids to have nice things. You got to work. You got to be willing to sacrifice your time. Yeah. And it's not college. I did go back though. I, I was a dropout as well. I did go back because to me, I couldn't sit there and tell my daughter, you have to graduate at least high school. So I went back and did college courses to get my diploma, not GED. Yeah. And I did it all back when online started when we could do that. So I did it like that. I worked and I got my, my diploma, but my main reason for doing that was somewhat selfish. So I could go to my daughter. I did it. I have a diploma, so you should have one too, but I did drop out Mm -hmm. and I busted my ass, but I, I couldn't be a hypocrite and tell her, you have to finish. Yeah. You have to finish. Am I saying you have to do that? No. But I'm real big on I don't want to be a hypocrite. You know? Yeah. I want to tell you, 
Clint, you shouldn't speed as I do a burnout, <laughs> you know, leaving here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, there's some great salient points. Uh, you, uh, number one, I like the fact that you're not avoiding the money aspect and what you can buy. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people out there, and you know, if you're scrolling enough, you'll see these motivational folks, and they'll always say, it's not about the money. It's not about the things. And I'm like, always t- I'm like, bullshit. Money like, buys happiness. Yeah, money is the thing that allows you it, to buy the stuff that allow you to have fun and have freedom. Freedom being mm-hmm. the most important aspect. That's like the- once you have that financial security, then you have like what I call real freedom. Mm-hmm. You can you're, you're not stressing about plane tickets to take your family somewhere. You're not stressing about the monthly bills because you've got plenty of cash sitting in that checking account that's just auto paying everything you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of these motivational, even these finance guys that avoid that part of it. And they don't want to say it out loud. I don't know why. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, I don't want to make a lot of money. I don't, I'm not here for the money. I'm not here so I can tell you my life story while I'm sitting in my fucking private jet. Yeah. You know what I mean? They didn't just give you that private jet. <laughs> yeah. I tried to stand in line. They wouldn't give me one. That's right. It's all, I mean, to me, it's like, why are you hiding that aspect of it? And even, even in podcast interviews, hosts, and guests will tap dance around that money thing, you know, yeah. and I get it. You know, it's kind of like dinner table rules, right? Yeah. You, first time you meet someone, you don't talk about politics, sex, you don't talk about money. Yeah. You know, there's these big items that, oh, you're not supposed to talk about those. But for me, those are the things that are mo- those most Those are what curious. I want to hit right away. Yeah. Because I want to know if I want to have a second dinner or ever talk to you again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, man, what's your views? Ah, oh, fuck you. <laughs> right. <laughs> I want to know that kind of stuff. Um, because it's kind of like, I, I mean, no one wants to admit it, but we're all kind of like, I like to know w- the background and where people are making their cash to afford these things because it might open a door to a world that I've never thought about yeah. or an interest that I'm like, Oh, holy shit. There's yeah. so many times I'm like, I, there, I'm so surprised by the kind of money people can make doing the things they do. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure you're, you've oh, equally right. Same way. Oh yeah. Some people are, <clears throat> like for instance, when I, when I first met Mike, I didn't, hey, man, you ever been in the military? You know, we yeah. just got talking about cars and it clicked and right. uh, we ended up becoming friends. And I don't know if he friended me or I friended him, but I look and I'm like, why is that dipshit? Uh, he got the blue check. <laughs> Who is this guy? You know, and I look and I'm like, damn, this guy's a badass. Not, hey man, one day I want to do an interview with you, you know, and talk to you. And uh, it went from there. But that's the beauty of the car world. I will say though, you can't find happiness with money if you're not happy inside. Yeah. If yeah. you have a piss poor family, you you hate your wife, you hate going home. That extra hours you're putting in, you're spending the extra money at a strip club, at a restaurant and things like that, because you just don't want to go home. Filling voids. Yeah, you know, and I would say most people with money of any kind buy assets, you know, to where I don't want to take the 5000 out of my checking account to buy said part. Fuck it, I'll sell a watch that I made ten grand off of for wearing for two years, but I made some money off of it. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying watches are a great investment, but that's just the way entrepreneurs think you know is this an investment we all know cars aren't i've been lucky and made a lot of money off cars yeah but i wait to find what mike's gonna buy and then i buy it cheaper <laughs> you know, I can talk about uh 
New York Times bestseller card, right? He has one just like this. You should buy mine. It's cheaper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or it's like Mike will, uh, you know, he's going to get bored with uh, whatever it is he mm -hmm. just bought and then turn around. You can buy it, buy it from a little cheaper. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, and I do agree, you know, we did kick it off with like, you know, money is happiness, but I know a lot of wealthy people that are miserable. Oh yeah. And it has nothing, what it boils down to is it has nothing to do with the money. No. It's what you pointed out. You've yeah. got it. It's, well, you know, either it's the people you surround yourself with, they either make you happy or they don't. The job that you have, it either makes you happy or it doesn't. Mm -hmm. uh, your hobbies, the way you spend your weekends, it's either, those are all the things that either make you happy or not. And so it goes with, uh, with a shirt that, you know, with Violent Nomad, I, I came out with this design that was pretty much dedicated to my mom because yeah. she had a philosophy and she used it pretty regularly. It was like she had no issues with lighting the match, throwing it over her shoulder and burning fucking bridges down. Mm -hmm. And you'll hear, you'll hear people in the business world especially tell you never burn bridges. Fuck that. But if it's caustic, toxic, a shitty fucking person or a relationship, then burn that bridge of the fucking ground. And that's where that shirt came in. It's you know, burning bridges light the way mm -hmm. and don't be scared to do it, even though it's highly recommended. Never burn bridges. Don't do it. Yeah. No, but I'm like, know. fuck that. There's definitely a time and place to burn bridges and get rid of all the bullshit in your life uh, so that you're not burning your money on things that you think will make you happy. And one thing you'll notice about most successful people of, of any kind, even in, in the I would say mid-level success to where they're living in a 2,500 square foot house, have most of all their stuff paid. They surround themselves with a handful of people and not many or any of those people are knocking them down as far as you can't do this. Yeah. You suck. Right. They're all talking, figuring out how to get ahead. Uh, we talk about that. I can literally count my friends, true friends on one hand. And I, yeah. I my saying is, and I can probably chop a couple fingers off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because uh, I don't count my wife. She's still, I would say, my best friend. And then the people I surround myself with are all pushing me up. You know, yeah. not. And they'll tell me, "Hey, man, that's a dumbass idea." And then you look; they're successful. They know when it's a dumbass idea. And for the most part, it's that's a good idea. Can we execute it? Not can you execute it? Can we figure out how to make this work for you or for us? Yeah. And then game plan it you know right have people around you that support you whether it's friends family you'd be surprised how many of your families are like no nah, man that shit ain't gonna work right right you should go to taco bell <laughs> by the way get me a supreme yeah. while you're up there <laughs> that's right they're not exactly supporting your cause mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i agree they're uh i mean i've noticed too as you get older your circle of friends get smaller mm -hmm. um and sometimes that's just because the longevity of a friendship it some some last a lifetime, some don't. It has nothing to do with negative aspects. It's just the way it is. You yeah. know, distance is created sometimes in communication just because we all have our lives to live. But uh, the ones that I do, I mean, they're all over the all over the world at this point. Great friends. But I've also noticed as time goes by, the ones that call you. Mm -hmm. You know, every now and then I'll kind of put my friends in check. Like, okay, who's actually calling me? Yeah. Versus. The ones I'm calling all the time. Mm -hmm. And if I find myself, I'm the only one making the effort, then I'll just stop. And then you find out, okay, they are a friend because you know what? It took them two weeks. It took them two months, whatever it is. But they reached out. They reached out. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, okay, validation. Thank God. Because I didn't want to have to 
label that person as like, what a fucking selfish prick. He doesn't ever call. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or he's too busy for me. That's fine. Yeah. But you can call me and tell me that. Yeah. You can call me and tell you, hey, I'm too busy for you. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll I, be like, yeah, all right. I fuck. just text fuck off. <clears throat> there, that too. Yeah. We will be right back after the break. All right, so now let's step in. You've you got in. You've got your own business. Obviously, very successful, and I appreciate you sharing that story of how you kind of got there. You you basically did the process of eliminations of shitty jobs mm-hmm. <laughs> to get to the point where you're like, you know what? This is actually yep, now I'm making some money. Yeah, I'm running my own show. I've got plumbers working for me. Yeah, and uh, kind of Elon's equation to you know I've got Harvard graduates working for me. Oh yeah, I didn't go to Harvard. I got them. Um, and then you've got a podcast. I want to hit it. And this is probably your, would you call it uninfluenced, kind of like your, uh, the outside work? Mm-hmm. It's my, so I get this a lot. I'm sure you get it too. People ask me all the time, how do you become successful? Uh, because they always see the stuff. They don't see the work. They see right. the stuff. stuff. Uh, and there, there's two ways, three ways really, but there's two paths to become successful. You start something you're really, really fucking good at, or you start something you enjoy. Yeah. If you can combine both, oh yeah, you no longer work. You know, right. you, you're just having a great time. You know, when you can smile and say, where are you going? The office. You know, that's a good time. That's right. So I did something I'm good at, which is the plumbing. You know, I'm a master plumber. I've been doing it, God, now 26 years. Yeah. Um, but my and passion- how, how old are you? I'm 42. 42. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, my passion is- <clears throat> I like talking shit. I like being honest. And that's yeah. what, what the name of the show is, Uninfluenced. I hate hearing people, oh, man, I, I saw this blogger, and they told me I need these these shorts. Yeah. What the <laughs> fuck do you need shorts that some jackass told you on Instagram? No, you don't. Right. They need your 5%, but you don't need those shorts. You yeah. know, they need that money. Uh, so we decided to be honest. You mm-hmm. know, If I'm going to review a product, just, if you send it to me for free, that's your choice. Uh-huh. I'd rather pay for the product. That way, if I tell you this is shit. <laughs> at least not, you made a buck or two. Yeah. At <laughs> least you got paid. <laughs> yeah. But I did this not too long ago with a course in Borla, you know, exhaust on a truck. Uh-huh. They both sent me exhaust and I was brutally honest. Yeah. One of them selling a lot of exhaust off my videos. The other one's not. So my passion is talking shit, being honest. And then one day Mike asked me, I was doing car reviews mm-hmm. on just regular shit, but I didn't want to go drive a car at a dealership for 10 miles. Hey, this is the review. You can't review a car like that. Yeah. 10 miles, 20 miles, that ain't shit. Drive a car for a month, two months, you know, put gas in it, beat the shit out of it. How'd it last? What'd it do? You know, is the radio still working? Is the back seat still, you know, all that type of shit. Mm-hmm. And Mike asked me one day, hey, man, why don't you do a podcast? This was after I interviewed him. I said, I ain't doing no damn podcast unless you want to do one with me. He said, I'll do it. Fuck it. Okay, let's go. <laughs> and there uh, you go. It, We've been doing it ever since, and it's it's fun, you know. Yeah, I get to meet people as as you know, and talk, and I I like being engaged with my audience. You know, a lot of people get involved in this stuff, and they don't. It's hard, especially with what you're doing. It's hard. Reviews, I read all the reviews, and you know, I'll go through and like, fuck you, fuck you. Oh man, that guy's cool, you know, and go through stuff like that. But for the most part, I like to engage. If the audience sees something, if I can't engage with you right there and reply to your comments, sometimes I'll go in and I'll group 
a bunch of them that were the same comment, you know, because people can't read comments anymore and right. see what other people wrote. So they write the same shit 15 times. <laughs> yeah. So I go in and I respond to that group. And it, it's fun to be honest with them, you know, when they're like, oh, you, you don't like Lamborghinis, man. Fuck you. Have you tried an R8? Bitch, it's the same car. Right. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck your R8, you know, or shit like that. I like being honest. And the beauty of America, old America, I would say not now, but the beauty of <laughs> yeah. older America, our age <laughs> and older is I can tell you, Clint, I think Corvettes are pieces of shit, which I don't. Mm -hmm. I think they're pieces of shit. You can sit here and tell me, Matt, I think it's the best car and here's why. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I like that. You know, I, I we can sit here and argue. And at the end of the day, whether I'm arguing with you about politics, now there are some stuff I, I won't agree with and you say the wrong shit. Fuck you. I'm never hanging out with you again. But for the <laughs> most part, the mainstream stuff, if we disagree, yeah, I can still go to dinner if it's just bullshit party lines or bullshit disagreement over clothes, dumb shit, I don't have to like everything you like to be your friend. I just have to have some stuff in common with you where we can have cool conversations. If I know you don't like this shit and I like this, we ain't going to talk about it anymore. Right. But I don't have to hate you for liking what you like and I like what I like. Nowadays, though, you get canceled real quick. You'd be in the middle of telling someone, fuck your Corvette. You fuck this dude. Delete him off my contacts. Punk bitch. All right, yeah, man, I agree. You know? Yeah. But that's what I love about podcasts, being honest. And that's the people I watch. They're the same way. You know, I've never seen you fake some shit and then come over and, yeah. hey, man, did you see that dumb shit I said online? It was wrong. I ain't doing that. No. <laughs> you know? I like honesty. No, I, I tend to stick my foot in my mouth from time to time and I'm okay with that. And that's what makes it good. That's well, I feel like, you know, there's, there's plenty of personalities out there that they are one way on a microphone or behind a camera or in front of a camera mm -hmm. and then they're completely different. It's like, what's the purpose in that? I would I say that only thing me, you and Mike, the one difference we all have in common on <clears throat> camera, we don't cuss as much on camera. <laughs> Other than that, everything else stays the same. It's like the F-bombs go up. Oh, oh, the camera's not on? Well, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I really enjoy Uninfluenced, even though you guys allow yourselves to influence one another. So it's not oh, entirely yeah. uninfluenced. But um, I find it, the honesty and just that brutal, raw truth is uh, is just a better way to go. And like I said, I can't can't imagine like, being one person on that microphone and something entirely different outside of it. Um, so, you know, moving outside of that, mm -hmm. um, on the car side, now I'm curious, where did you become so like hands-on with cars and brave enough to take apart a McLaren and put it back together? Again, so I was raised super poor. Like when I say super poor, I can make you a casserole out of ramen noodle. <laughs> I can take shit that shouldn't go together and I can cook it. That That's part of being broke, you know, yeah. raised by a single mom. Cause for a while as a divorce in a divorced family, you, oh, mom's cooler than you. And finally my dad's like, fuck you. Oh, yeah. You live with her then, you know, and we lived in a horrible, you know, roaches everywhere. She did what she could. So, yeah, but for the most part broke. So when I got my first car, I had to build it. Uh, the plumbing company, they gave me an old plumbing truck. Yeah. Blown engine. Yeah. Here you go. They fixed the engine for me, but we we painted it. We did all kinds of stuff. And being an old 1984 Chevrolet truck, you know, that plumbers have been driving in, I'd take a left turn and change in the heater vent and just go sliding down the metal. You'd hear, yeah. you know, every time you took a left or a right, just sliding through the defroster. Jeez. So I took that apart, put it together, had a lot of fun with it. 
And as it went, I started putting cars together, started going to car shows, truck shows. And I built five magazine cover trucks that were my personal truck, designed them and all that stuff. And to me, that's cool. And to me, it's, if you can, if you can take it apart, you should be able to put it back together. When we started, there was no YouTube. Mm-hmm. So you you're literally in there with a screwdriver, or a panel bar, trying to figure out, man, is this gonna pop or break? Oh uh, yeah, fuck it, you know. And you pop it, and it might have a clip, might have a screw, or you might be plastic welding, you know. And it just one of those things. I've always loved mechanics of stuff, you know. I wear Swiss watches, even the cheaper ones, and it's not because I want to say I have a Swiss watch. I appreciate what these people did to make that thing work without a battery. Yeah. You know, anybody who can sit there and, you know what, fuck them batteries. I want to figure out how to make something work without a battery. Yeah. All you have to do is move and your watch will work for the rest of your life with some servicing. Mm -hmm. What? Yeah. So for those couch people laying on a couch, (laughs) don't buy a Swiss watch. You're never going to have a good time. But for those that want to always be late. Yeah. Yeah. Always be late. But for those that want to move around, I like anything that has a a design and engineering behind it. And I love understanding that. So to me, it might cost me money if I break it. Like the McLaren, knock on wood, I haven't broke anything taking that apart yet. Mike's car, I always get nervous working on Mike's shit. Because he, if he's there, he's looking like, bitch, is that an extra bolt? And then you, you put it in. It's like, okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not that i'm scared mike's gonna fucking beat me up i'm scared fuck man i don't want to disappoint this dude you know right, right. fucking up telling him, hey man i can save you 1500 bucks on a stupid install but we yeah. just do it you we know just do it ourselves. Give, give me a couple diet cokes bro i'm good you know <laughs> and yeah but yeah just be a man go take your shit apart and for those of y'all that don't bring it to me i only charge you two thousand dollars <laughs> <laughs> there you go that's the entrepreneurial spirit right there um all right so switching gears, mm-hmm. you know, this is can you survive this podcast? And you know that uh, we're going to be moving here to the big screen, okay, and putting you through a hypothetical survival scenario. And uh, it's up to you whether you survive or not. And as like, and like I always say, <clears throat> the uh, the answers are right, regardless of what your answer is. So what might get? <laughs> didn't might get like a seventy on this or something? I think so. Maybe I think Going for uh, a seventy-two. Yeah, you just uh, you just got to pass. Yeah. That's it. You're listening to Can You Survive This Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Please make sure to subscribe, rate, and share on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite shows. Here we go. Cool music. Start now. Um, all right. It's nighttime. And you're arriving at an event that's taking place in a large banquet room in a 40-story skyscraper, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, the event is cocktail meat kind of greet thing, you know, for people in the car world. Hmm. Uh, it's a motor trend event, okay? And all those kind of people are there. Now, the event is sort of like an invite-only thing where people uh, head to, like, a car show, car meet thing, except it's fancy-smancy with cocktails and uh, everyone's dressed somewhat nice. Uh, there's rumor that there's going to be a new concept car revealed at this event, so, of course, you're interested and you want to see. After you enter the lobby of the building, you're checked in uh, by a hostess with a guest list, okay? Mm-hmm. So, the hostess lets you know phones are not allowed at the event. 
basically because they don't want any pictures of this new car being taken. Mm-hmm. Uh, she'll keep your phone in the locker at check-in at the lobby, all right? And you'll get a key to the locker, and you'll get your phone back at the end of the event, okay? So mm-hmm. do you, A, turn in your phone and take the key, or refuse and just skip the event? Because I want to beat Mike's score, I'm going to go with A. <laughs> That's right. He was picking all the alpha male answers for sure. Oh, I would have for sure right. left when I seen black tie. I'm like, <laughs> fuck this. All right. Let's see if you're right. Hey, look at you. You're already kicking off to a good start. Okay. So you got that right. And basically, I mean, why would you want to, you know, have a have an issue with that good security is good security i appreciate good security in fact mm-hmm. i we had a we had a uh, a saying you know in the covert special operations world is self you know technology kills mainly because there is so much of it mm-hmm. and if you try if you think for a second you're going to go out the door that day or night with a cell phone on you any modern vehicle then foreign intel services are going to track that phone, going to track that vehicle. People forget about things like OnStar, especially these idiots that want to go go fucking murder someone. Yeah, they think if you're even if you're not paying for OnStar, guess what? It's you're, still there. The records are still there that mm-hmm. you drove your car to that house and you blew that fucking dude's head off. Yeah, that's so, why you get that old plumbing truck. You get in that bitch. And that, that's there where, you go. That's you go. You, if you're gonna use vehicles, you got to make sure they don't have any of the onboard tracking systems. Rental cars have tracking systems because they want to recover the vehicles when most people don't turn them back in properly. I mean, that's why for us operationally overseas, technology gets you killed. But if you're a criminal, mm-hmm. well technology is going to get you caught yeah just go watch dexter and yeah. you can learn everything you need to know exactly on how to be a serial killer that's a good show um uh so now you know you're now phoneless of course you're gunless and the hostess directs you to an elevator which takes you to the 11th floor which is where the banquet's being held um after taking the elevator up you check you check out the party for a little bit, you know. You're looking around, seeing what's going on, seeing if there's anybody you know. The line to the bathroom is really, really long, so you go find a different way uh, down the hallway. Uh, while you're in a bathroom, you know, a, a one that had less of a line, uh, you hear shots fired. They're automatic gunfire, uh, and the party is being taken hostage by several gunmen. Mm-hmm. Okay? So... While you're in the bathroom, you hear the shots fired. The party is being taken hostage. Do you A, sneak back into the banquet room to see what's going on, or B, leave the bathroom and move away from the banquet hall? Man, damn it, I want to beat Mike. (laughs) I'm going to go B. Let's see what you got here. Yay, look at you, B. Leave the bathroom. I will tell you the number one reason you should leave a bathroom is because bathrooms are dead ends. Oh, yeah. Emphasis on dead. Yeah. And here's the difference. Uh, Any other room, it's got furniture, heavy objects, you can at least barricade the door, right? So, and that's the goal is if you're going to be in any room, especially when shots are fired, you want to be in a room that allows you to barricade the door and use an alternate exit bathrooms Mm -hmm. is usually only one way in one way out and there's nothing in there that can barricade the door so you want to get the hell out of there that is what i call the the perfect x and your job is to get off the x is as soon as possible you move away from the bad guys you're basically getting off the x um and you don't just want to wait in the bathroom anyway to get killed get Mm -hmm. shot um you move away from the banquet hall because distance 
equals survivability, especially when you're in crisis. And you get to the end of the hallway where there's an elevator. The door to the stairs, right, is next to the elevator, but it's chained shut. Okay, these are smart bad guys. Sounds like people are moving in your direction. Okay, so do you A, get on the elevator, B, run to the other end of the hallway? Hmm. I mean, the elevator's going to tell him exactly where I'm going to go, so I'm going to go with B. Run to the other end of the hallway? Yeah. Okay, let's see what the... I'm see already, what your, did I get killed? Your scenario says. A, get on the elevator. Main reason is because if... It's still getting away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have an elevator at your disposal. You can't go to the stairs, and you're going to end up getting stuck on a floor. If you want to get stuck on a floor, get stuck on a lower floor. Yeah. So where windows and other exits become an exit strategy for you. You're on the 11th floor, which fucking sucks because that's, uh, you know, that's going to kill you if you jump. Yeah. Um, Supposedly. And, you know, another another aspect of this is the elevator. If you're going to play the cat and mouse game, an elevator is a great tool as long as it's working. Yeah. Um, but you've got to be smart, which leads to the next piece of the scenario. Plus, they may not have chained them other stairs up that, higher you, or Now lower. you're thinking. Now yeah. you're thinking. Editor, let's go back. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so you can hear people coming who may or may not be bad guys, and that's the other piece of the equation. If you go with A, or uh, I'm sorry, you get on B, basically the noise, right? Mm -hmm. Here's the other piece. Inside, all kinds of sounds become omnidirectional, route. The way sound waves propagate through hallways and rooms and doors, sometimes it's difficult to determine where the noise is really coming from. Yeah. And that's why when gunshots are fired, people accidentally run towards gunfire indoors because they think they're running away from it. So that goes. Yes, exactly. So anyway, to get the fuck out of there, you're going to go ahead and get on the elevator. No sense running around in hallways where you could end up just standing in front of bad guys. So you get on the elevator, and now you hear people in the hallway say, Did somebody get on the elevator? Did somebody get on the elevator? So do you, A, take the elevator down to the lobby, or B, take the elevator to a different floor and look for more discreet exits? Oh, definitely B. B. Let's see what it says. B. Good job, buddy. So, yes, you want to take the elevator to a different floor. As you mentioned, there might be other possible exits, which you're already thinking ahead. And that's a that's a good thing to do, especially in these situations. <clears throat> and you want to get lower. Like, for me, I'd be like, let's get the fuck low as possible so that I don't have to deal with higher floors. Um, if, the, if the bad guys made it to the 11th floor, uh, the more likely place to place a sentry or a watch or another one of their guys is at the lobby. Mm -hmm. So even though that might sound like a good idea at first, if bad guys, these are smart bad guys, they got automatic weapons, they've already come to the 11th floor, they may have probably, they probably have put a couple of guys, guys down there because that's obvious, right? Yeah. So we want to stay away from the lobby unless, of course, we can kind of sneak up on it. And the last thing we want is a ding and the elevator doors open and you're at the lobby and you got bad guys blowing you away. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> you can take the, uh, the elevator to the lower floors and see if you can take the steps from, uh, you know, take steps from there or find a phone and call the police, right? Getting the nine one one call out becomes really important right now. Um, you take the elevator to the second floor. This floor looks like a corporate office under renovation. You know, there's tools laying about, you see a landline plugged in. 
Landlines, you know, they're kind of rare, but they still exist in corporations. Uh, so, do you, A, find somewhere to hide, or B, use the damn phone? I'm going to use the phone. going to use the phone. Uh, that's what I would say, but let's see what this says. B, use the phone. Of course you're going to use the phone. You use the phone to call the police. As you tell the operator where you are, you hear the elevator ding, and the doors start to open. Okay? You duck behind an unfinished cubicle, and the bad guy with a gun exits the elevator by himself, and he's about 20 feet from you, okay? He sees the phone that you are using is off the hook, okay? So, do you charge the guy, okay? A, just run at him, or B, create or make a distraction, Definitely go with the distraction. Distraction, right? I mean, 20 feet away, as soon as you pop up, you've lost the element of surprise. Now you got 20 feet of awkwardness yeah. that you could die. Yeah, <laughs> I hit him with them zigs and zags. <laughs> right. And here's the thing, creating distractions, and I, you know, I've learned this in the real world. If you're going to distract someone, that distraction, once you do it, you only get away with it once. Yeah. And then you better act. And when you act after that distraction, it better be like, the fucking act of violence like you've never done before in your mm -hmm. life. Um, so you grab an object in this renovated cubicle area and you throw it to make a noise and distract the gunman. When he turns towards the sound, now you charge him. Okay? Now you're going full-on violent mode. Uh, you take him out with a screwdriver straight to the fucking throat. Damn, that's Hell so yeah. cool. Yeah. And now he's lying on the ground. Now you have his gun. Okay. And his walkie-talkie. Do you, A, take his gun back to the 11th floor and save everyone? Or B, check through all the channels on the bad guy's radio, his walkie-talkie, to see if you can connect with any of the uh, police radio frequencies that are out there? If it was a video game, <laughs> yeah, I'd definitely go B. Yeah, why not, right? Because yeah. intel, collect information, take mm -hmm. that opportunity to see what these guys are up to. Maybe you can figure out all their locations through listening to their comms. Um, and it gives you, without a doubt, a huge advantage. Um, so now you find a police frequency on the walkie-talkie. You also look out the window and you see a single cop car approaching the building, all right? Over the radio, you hear the cops saying, hey, everything looks fine. And uh, the building looks quiet. No big deal. The cop starts to make a U-turn. You try to use the radio to let him know not to leave, right? But the signal doesn't seem to get to him. <clears throat> you try to use the phone from earlier, but the line is now dead. Okay? The cop is about to leave. So do you. A, shoot out the windows of the floor you are on and get his attention. Or take the elevator to the roof and try and get a better signal. <clears throat> Man, again, so many fun ones to do. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go to the roof and try to get a better signal. Mm, okay. All right. Let's see what this says. I, I probably should have shot, uh, shot out the windows. Damn. Well, I mean... I think on this one, you could go either way for sure. Shooting out the windows, you know, because this is kind of a choose-your-own-adventure, allows you to continue on the adventure. So, of course, 
A, yeah. shoot out the windows. Why not? And try and get his attention before he leaves the area. By the time you get to the roof, he might be out of signal range anyway. Right? Yeah. Getting to high ground and getting a good signal makes sense if you have time. But, you know, it's dangerous territory. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you're going to run into trying to get to the roof in the first place. Okay. So the cop will be gone by the time you get to the elevator and make your way up. And not to mention you could get killed before you get to the roof. So just like in Die Hard, if you haven't caught on Oh, yet, no, I've, I've been playing, <laughs> playing this whole thing through my head. In Die Hard, you shoot out the windows and you throw the body of your uh, your new screwdriver holder mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> out the window. Uh, and you hear, and of course, he drops right down. And lands on top of the cop car because yeah. you are that good at throwing bodies out at, yeah. you know, from high. For, yes, exactly. I mean, you're from Texas. so. And you hear the cop erupt <laughs> over the radio. And uh, he's like, I need backup at this building right now. Okay. So suddenly it's not so quiet, not so peaceful at this building after a dead body falls on his car. All right. So do you, A... Go to the roof and try to communicate, okay? Or B, hide until the cops get there. I'm going to go with B because I should have already been my <laughs> ass on the roof. <laughs> hide until the cops get there or go to the roof. Uh, let's see what this says. A. All right. You go to the roof and try to communicate with your radio because now the cop has stopped. Yeah. So I want to talk to these people. Who this. <laughs> um. You know, but hiding until the cops show up isn't a bad idea. But as we know, with some of these hostage situations and assaults, this can be a multi-day event. Mm -hmm. And your hiding could turn into starvation. I'm on the second floor. No water. That's right. You have made your way to the second floor, so you've got other exits. Um, And making your way to the roof, I see where that could be an unreasonable piece of logic there because you're just putting yourself in more danger trying to get up there. And to make radio comms, is it really worth it? Because you've already got the cops' attention. So you could go either way with this one. I agree. Moving on. You get to the roof to radio the cops, giving them more info on the situation. Because really, you just want to be a good Samaritan. You want to give them good comms. You want to tell them everything that they're about to face. You don't want to make any bad decisions. And most of all, you don't want any more people to die. Mm -hmm. Uh, They tell you to hide in place and let them handle it from there. Right. So do you a go back down to go back down to the 11th floor and go ahead and just go ahead and take out the trash. Right. Take out the rest of the bad guys or B follow the cops instructions. Well, it would be more fun to do a I'm going to go with B <laughs> B I never do B follow the cops instructions. Let's see the answer. Yeah. Look at you. Follow the cops' instructions. Okay, so obviously for the average person out there that doesn't have heroic capabilities uh, like you or uh, John McClain. Mm-hmm. Is that his name, John McClain? Yeah, John yeah, McClain. John McClain, yeah. Um, then, yeah, you should probably uh, you know play it safe with every decision you make uh, because you want to live at the end of the day. You want to go home to your kids, wives, whatever you got going on in your life. But if you have capabilities, then... Uh, you know why not because or take that hostess home the, the host yep there you go i mean 
The hero. Mm-hmm. I think most heroes get laid at the end of the day. Yeah, finger blast and all the shit. <laughs> there you go. So uh, let's see here. I think uh, let's ra- let's tally this up. You missed what? Three? I think three. I think you came in a tie with old Mike Ritland. If you haven't listened to Mike Ritland's episode, you probably should. He's got two of them now, and uh, that 70% is passing. So good job, you matt have survived this podcast thank god by the uh, little chinny chinny hair hair on your chin 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 there you yeah. go good job buddy thank um you. thank you as we close this out where can people find you learn more about you and of course listen to uninfluenced podcast we're on all social platforms for podcasting we're on iheart spotify and all that good stuff itunes um and then youtube you can check us out on youtube where we do the visual so you can see us doing hand gestures and <laughs> fucked up shit and then we also do do car reviews on there too that we don't air in the podcast side so a little bit of everything yeah and do you guys have uh, i noticed you're wearing uninfluenced uh gear mm-hmm. yeah, yeah we have merch it's a it's a really long uh email or a uh, website link but you can go to uh go to the youtube channel and there's a perfect link right in the oh, description okay. Yeah, it's one of them. Buy my shirts at blah, 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 blah. Click link. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's all right. Um, So, yeah. So, to get hold, Matt Holden, um, his Instagram handle is Matt underscore MF for motherfucking underscore Holden. Uh, You can also find them at the Uninfluence underscore podcast or www. YouTube Uninfluenced. Yeah, there you go. Just Uninfluenced or... You can head over to any of my social media and you'll see that I am following both Matt and Uninfluenced. And that's the easy button right there to go check out everything that Matt Holden, Matt Holden has going on. I appreciate you coming on the show, coming out to my man cave garage shop uh, studio. Still got to figure out what cool name I'll give it. It's got to be like some kind of cave. Cave. Yeah. The cave, yes. The yeah. cave, maybe. The cave, yeah. But I... Uh, Thank you for coming, buddy. I do appreciate it. And uh, like I always say, keep it simple because crisis will complicate the rest. Be safe until next time. Take it easy out there. Can You Survive This Podcast is a production of Calvary Audio and iHeartMedia. Recorded live from a secure location here in Dallas, Texas. Produced by Brandon Morgan, Jeff Apple, and Clint Emerson. Executive produced by Keegan Rosenberger and Dana Brunetti. For Calvary Audio... I'm Clint Emerson.